And we welcome you to the Wednesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. I'm always glad when we can have guests on the program who are right up the road from us uh, at the University of Wisconsin Parkside. And uh, today I'm meeting two Parkside folks for the very first time. Andrew Gavin, who is the director of athletics at uh, UW Parkside, he's been there for the last two and a half years or so, and one of his graduate assistants, uh, Robin Elliott, uh, who is uh, in, in the program for marketing and, and promotions. And uh, we're excited to uh, talk with both of them about uh, some of what is going on uh, at Parkside uh, involving athletics. And in particular, a, a nice award, which Andrew Gavin, which was uh, recently given by the Milwaukee Business Journal, selected as uh, one of the 40 under 40 recipients. So uh, this would mean that he is an outstanding young professional under the age of 40, uh, making a difference in his community, and uh, hence this award, which he was uh, very recently given. Andrew Gavin and Robin Elliott, we welcome both of you to The Morning Show. Good morning. Thanks Good morning. for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Good to have both of you here. So, uh, Andrew Gavin, uh, I want to learn a little bit more about your background. You were telling me that you're from Madison, but not Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> Tell us the Madison uh, where you grew up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm from uh, Madison, Indiana, which is a relatively small town in southeastern Indiana on the Indiana-Kentucky border, uh, an Ohio River town in between Louisville, Kentucky, and Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, pretty country. So born and raised there in a yeah, beautiful little small town. Right. Now, I'm curious, your, your position at Parkside, do you come at this more from the corporate marketing world or more from the athletic world? More from the athletics world. I've never left a college campus, um, so I've always worked in college athletics since graduating myself uh, back in 2006. So um, my career spanned through initially in kind of PR and communications and then got into a little bit more of the administrative work and, and with that more in fundraising and external relations um, type work through college athletics. But it's always been in athletics. Um, I've been fortunate in my now roughly 15-year career, which makes me feel old in contrast <laughs> to that award, um, to work at all three NCAA levels. So Division wow. One, Division Two, and Division Three. I've worked at private schools, public schools, um, schools of you know pretty small enrollment sizes, and University of Central Florida, which is one of the largest institutions in the country. So wow. um, it's been a fun experience to kind of take from all those experiences and, and try to figure out how to apply them to Parkside in this case. Right. Back in Madison, Indiana, what were the sports that you played? Most of them growing up and then um, in high school focused on tennis and basketball oh. and then um, pl- kind of played basketball in college. I was <laughs> a, uh, I, I watched games from the bench uh, uh, for Center College, which is a Division three liberal arts school in Central Kentucky. Uh, for a couple of years, so, so you had a, not a, a real stellar career, but, uh, uh, but a, a big part of my experience uh, growing up. My dad was a high school basketball coach for a while. Um, it's why we ended up in Indiana, which is known for its high school basketball. Right, and then um, really the primary reason that I was exposed to the college that I selected was through the recruitment of basketball. Um, I chose that college for different reasons. Um, high academic school, I knew it would be a good experience for me, but I would have never considered it if not for being recruited to play basketball Um, and I say that because it's one of the things that still drives my passion for the work that we do at Parkside and in college athletics is introducing young people uh, to the institution and hopefully Mm. you know ending up 
having them come and have a good experience and becoming graduates. Right, and and a good experience beyond the the basketball court or whatever they Absolutely. might might do. So even uh, as a young e- athlete way back when, did you already have kind of this interest beyond what happens on the basketball court or the tennis court? I mean, did you already have kind of an exceptional interest in terms of the stuff that happens beyond the scenes that ultimately you've become a part of? Yeah, I was definitely a um, kind of just a consumed by sports, a sports geek growing up. Um, in terms of, I've always to... loved that term, sports geek. <laughs> I mean, that makes those of us who are different kinds of geeks feel a little <laughs> better. That yeah. <laughs> um, and it was yes, it was playing. It was you know going out in the driveway and playing basketball with my friends in the street and all of those you know typical things you do as a kid watching games. Um, but I was always interested beyond that in the salary cap and the trade deadline mm. and um, even to the extent of you know logos and creating logos for different teams. And I was never an artist, but one of the things I passed my time as a young kid doing was drawing basketball uniforms and. I remember making up a a team, you know, through my hometown when I was probably eight years old. So there's always a little bit of an interest there beyond just liking to play and watch sports um, that I think certainly still exists today and ultimately is why I made the decision to to pursue sports as a career. I'd given up on that uh, when I went to college. I thought I was at economics and government double major and thought I'd either end up at law school or in the business world in some way. And um, just kind of made the decision the senior year of my college career that let's go back to that young Andrew's dream of working in sports and, and try to figure this thing out. So it's worked out, and I've been you know blessed with some good opportunities along the way. Fantastic. I want to explore a little bit of the wide array of things that you've done over the last 15 years in a second. But I do want to bring Robin Elliott in, uh, who is a graduate assistant uh, at uh, the University of Wisconsin Parkside. Uh, tell our listeners where you're from originally and uh, what your sports life has been up until now. Yeah, so I grew up in Sussex, Wisconsin, went to Sussex Hamilton. I played basketball and soccer there um, and played club soccer on the side. Um, I went to UW Oshkosh to continue playing soccer, played there for four years, um, had a great time there, played with my twin sister, so that was really fun, ah. um, and then graduated in 2017 with a degree in journalism. Um, knew I wanted to work in sports, but wasn't exactly sure where I wanted to go. Um, and then this position opened up here, the graduate assistantship. So I figured I'd jump on that because it was a way to get some experience and get my foot in the door. So Fantastic. What ended up sort of tilting you towards journalism? I mean, what, what kind of enticed you in the first place to explore that? I've always liked writing and being creative and that sort of thing. So I knew that that was something that I could really explore different avenues with, um, whether it be um, solely like marketing outside of a sport, like sports marketing, or whether it was in sports. I knew it was kind of a broad thing that I could, if I wanted to go two different ways, I could do both of them. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, so you have been at Parkside, and uh, they have kept you busy from the sounds of it. Yep, yeah. We're working on a lot of stuff, so it's been really fun to um, get to – do a little bit of everything. So that's been really fun with my time here. Excellent. Um, Andrew Gavin, you mentioned over the last 15 years that you have been in a plethora of different situations at all three levels of the NCAA. Uh, I'm just curious uh, what that variety sort of has felt like for you and 
for instance, what is the experience of working at a small school versus working at a gigantic school or in other places where maybe your specific position has been different? Uh, I mean, has it all kind of felt like the same work or, or are they profoundly different experiences depending on where you are? It's probably somewhere in the middle um, of those two options. I think it's, um, you know, starting, you know, for my own personal journey, starting in the PR and communications world, um, which is really where Robin started as a, you know, young professional as well. You know, you, you're kind of directly promoting something in the short term a lot of times, and maybe it's um, fairly small in scope, and that's not to diminish either of our work in those areas, but it's maybe promoting a student athlete for an award that they may get later that day or that next week. Um, it may be promoting a specific gain that you're trying to attract a crowd to. Um, it may be advocating for someone for a you know, more major award, and there may be more time and effort and strategy involved in that. Um, and that happens at all levels, so whether it's the Heisman Trophy that a school is going to, you know, I'm sure Wisconsin spent a lot of time over the last 12 months thinking about Jonathan Taylor's Heisman candidacy and how mm. could they set him up if the year went well f- to get that award or to be a finalist for that award. Um, so that's, that has translated as my career has gotten into more fundraising, marketing, and now as an administrator, um, ultimately you know, in charge of the department, I still use a lot of that same mindset of advocacy and promotion and honestly positive spin and positive PR and how do I think of things positively. Um, but it may be for a different audience. It may be for a, a larger scale project or a bigger picture vision um, than it used to be. But the same kind of foundation is still there. And I think that's helps me. It's storytelling, it's advocacy, it's promoting our student athletes and what we're doing as an athletics department, um, just with maybe a different audience and maybe the chancellor across from me and not the group voting on a player of the week award. Right. So I think that's very scalable. And I think as I've as I've experienced different types of institutions, both in terms of public-private and what that may differentiate about your work, um, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, three, how that may differentiate your work, um, and just size of institution in general, um, there's certainly differences. But I think you have to understand, okay, what what are you trying to accomplish? What's your audience? And then scale it all. I, I, my, one of my favorite expressions is it's all scalable. Uh, so when I go and meet with somebody at a Power Five Division One institution, I truly believe there are things that they're doing that we can scale to Parkside to help mm. us be better at our jobs and be more effective. Even and though I we're talking about we're, to, we're talking about two very different places, absolutely. But there yeah. are things like lessons to learn and things that can be applied. Yeah. Even to a place that's much much smaller, for instance. And then you were saying, in reverse, it's true. I think also. the opposite is true. Um, how many of the people at that level, you know, are seeking out the UW Parksides of the world to <laughs> figure out what they can scale up? I'm not so sure about that, but I think it's true. In that, 80, 90 percent of our jobs are pretty similar, and then the other 10 or 20 are going to vary based on certain things, revenue expectations. You know, obviously, if we get a couple hundred people at a basketball game. It, yeah, we wish the crowd was bigger, but we're not stressed about that because of making budget. Um, if Camp Randall's not full on a Saturday, mm. there's a lot of stress. Uh, so there's certainly differences, but I think this, the foundation of the work is the same right. at all at all levels. So what was attractive to you about this opportunity at the University of Wisconsin Parkside? What specifically did you see at Parkside that made you think uh, 
I want to go there. I want to relocate there from wherever you were before. Yeah, well, I was in central Kentucky um, at my alma mater, actually. Um, So two things. Personally, and they they certainly integrate and are are aligned together in a lot of ways, too. But personally, I had spent five years at UW-Green Bay. Uh, So the idea of moving to Wisconsin was not foreign to me. And probably more importantly, it was not foreign to my wife, um, (laughs) who is a Southern Belle, true and true. Belle's actually her maiden name. Um, Uh She had already moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin from Lexington, Kentucky once um, and loved it. We loved our time in Green Bay. We Mm. loved the people, um, just the state of Wisconsin in, in so many ways. And we never thought we would come back necessarily. But when the opportunity arose, it wasn't foreign. There was some familiarity to what it would be like to live in the state of Wisconsin and, and who we would interact with, who our friends would become. And, and we felt good about that. So personally, it made more sense than at, on the surface it did, certainly to our family, who mm-hmm. didn't love the idea of me moving my wife and our one-year-old. And my wife was 33 weeks pregnant at the time, uh. um, back to what they considered the North Pole, even though it's only <laughs> about six hours north. Right. Um, so personally, it fit. And then professionally, it was just – I was at a time in my career I wasn't necessarily looking to be an AD in the near future, but I knew that was a goal of mine was to be a director of athletics. And um, when this opportunity arose, I, I really just saw opportunity and the, and really the opportunity to make an impact um, at a university and at an athletics department that was, was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the big thing for me was evaluating is this a place that my skill set what i believe in can translate into success cuz not all similar to the question that all not not all institutions are the same not all expectations of what a director of athletics does and what they need from that person in that position are always the same and that may be true even the next time parkside goes to hire an ad one day they may be looking for something different because the timing's different. But for me, it was the right time at the right place in the right boss. I have mm-hmm. a ton of respect uh, for Chancellor Ford, and it was clear on my interview and through that process that she would be an incredible person to work under and work for. Um, her vision, the way she approaches things with glass half full, if not three-quarters full, and every single day um, – <laughs> with we're going to start with yes we can do that yes we can do that yes let's do that until you know maybe a dose of reality or what the barrier may be but we don't start with that at parkside and i could sense that on my interview and that made it really appealing as well excellent for those of you just joining us uh, on today's morning show, we're speaking with Andrew Gavin, who is the Director of Athletics at the University of Wisconsin-Parkside, right up the road here from uh, Gateway Technical College, right across the way from Carthage. And uh, he's been there for two and a half years uh, and recently received a, a nice award from the Milwaukee Business Journal that we'll be talking about in just a moment. Also in the studio is Robin Elliott, who is a graduate assistant uh, in marketing and promotions, and we're going to be talking with her shortly about a special event that she helped to put together uh, not long ago. Uh, Andrew Gavin, you were saying that uh, that uh, Robin is one of 18 graduate assistants at Parkside just in the athletic realm, and uh, and that is a very high number compared to where things were not that long ago. Just uh, specify the growth of graduate assistants in the athletics department and how that's been possible. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, when you start a new job, especially in a leadership role, you're trying to evaluate strengths and weaknesses and opportunities. And um, I knew a weakness of our athletics department was our staffing size. Our capacity just didn't um, lend itself to accomplish the things that we needed to accomplish for our student athletes and, and for our institution. Um, so that was an opportunity that was a weakness that we needed to look at. And matching that with an opportunity was the growth of master's programs at UW Parkside, which has been a tremendous part of our enrollment growth as an institution over the last five or six years. And the sport management sp program specifically, which had had an undergrad um, program for a number of years, was adding a master's program in the fall of 2017. And those things kind of matched. We had staffing needs. Uh, they're trying to build a master's program. And let's talk to HR. Let's talk to the university about whether a graduate assistant program can help us accomplish both goals. And um, it's really worked out. Everybody's been on board in terms of that program, other master's programs that um, some of our, our employees are in. And then our staffing capacity is just it's a night and day difference. We had about 20 people on staff uh, in 2017, 18, and this year we have in the mid 40s. And the graduate assistant growth has been a big part of that. So we went from zero to 18, and um, with that we get to um, have the capacity. But I think the the thing that's fun for for me and for a lot of the people on our staff is to help launch careers. Mm. Um, and Robin and all of our graduate assistants work incredibly hard and, and a number of hours um, to launch their career to, to do this. It's a commitment. It's a sacrifice for them to do this while being in school, um, not compensated as well as they should be. Um, but I also know we're giving them a real experience in college athletics that if they choose to continue that career to go on to a full-time position – they'll be ready from a work ethics perspective, from a foundational perspective of, you know, how to be a good employee in this industry. So um, it's been a win-win, I think. And I think it's going to be fun to kind of see our graduate assistants disperse uh, all over the country, all over the industry, and um, kind of be cheerleaders from this point on for their careers. Absolutely. And it's just kind of cool to see this at a, ha this kind of expansion happening at a time when there aren't very many sectors of higher education in general where we're seeing expansion. It seems like everywhere there is constriction going on at the moment uh, for, for a number of different reasons. So this is really gratifying to see. Yeah, so, I think um, from my perspective, still being fairly new to the community, um, all three of the institutions here that you referenced within a few miles um, seem to be really adaptive to our regional needs. And in the sport management industry, it's to the – industry needs and you know sports isn't an industry that's constricting it's no. a growing industry and it's creating job opportunities and areas of sports that people didn't even consider previously um so we can be adaptable to that in terms of what the industry needs like i think all of our institutions are being adaptable to our regional needs so you have 18 graduate assistants robin being one of them so how do you handle 18 graduate assistants? I mean, I don't mean to make it sound like they're a wild, crazy bunch. <laughs> I mean, handle in terms of responsibilities dispersed amongst them. And, I mean, do do they all do essentially the same array of things? Or, or do you have different specialists according to their particular abilities and interests? Yeah, we only have uh, two of them that virtually do the same job. 
Um, so of the 18, there are really 17 unique job descriptions, yeah. and uh, that includes nine assistant coaches. So the uniqueness there is which sport, oh. which head coach that they're helping, which program they're helping. Um, and then we have nine others that have roles and more operationally in terms of the, the business of our department, the operations of our department. Um, so examples, obviously, Robin in marketing and promotions. We have a communications graduate assistant that helps us run our website and do the different things that the communications staff needs to do on game day. Uh, we have a strength and conditioning graduate assistant that helps out with that element of the department, helping our student athletes. Um, fundraising, events and operations, uh, kind of you name it. If we're doing it, we're hoping to have a graduate assistant um, to be a part of that work. Very good. So, Robin Elliott, tell us more than about the list of responsibilities that uh, are on your plate as the marketing and promotions graduate assistant for Parkside Athletics. Yeah, so I work to... Um, enhance the fan experience at Parkside. So through the marketing of the events or special promotions that we want to do at the games, um, I write all the PA scripts and help to um, integrate the corporate partner program into that so we can um, make the corporate partners happy, make the fans happy, and just make an overall um, a great experience for the fans coming to the game. Um, So um, working with making special events such as our teddy bear toss that we did um, February 1st. That was one of my big events for basketball season. Um, we've also started our Ranger Cub Club this year. Um, so oh, yeah, that's been, I saw that on the website. Yeah, so that's been a really fun um, initiative I got to work with. So, and, and tell us more about what that is. Yeah, so the Ranger Cub Club is for it's free for kids um, up to 8th grade, um, and they can get an um, a awesome Parkside experience that you wouldn't get if you weren't in it you get some free material you get to um, work uh, interact with um, some student athletes and come to games Um, we have special ranger cub club days Um, we've had them for each um, sport so far we have our last one on saturday for both basketballs so it'll have a inflatable for the kids to you know jump around on between the games Um, and then they get some other fun stuff from other uh, corporate sponsors that um help with the Ranger Cub Club. So they get some other uh, T-shirts and then some coupons and stuff to help to make it more fun. Very good. You know, I, I, it, it seems to me that you're, and uh, Andrew, you can comment on it if you like, but it seems like your timing is impeccable in that uh, sports, I don't think, used to have quite this same array of marketing that was not quite so much part of it all and that seems like that's really exploded in significance over the last maybe 20 years or so and so you're coming along at a time when you're kind of riding the crest of a wave it seems to me in terms of this being an expectation of this is part of what the sports world is now yeah it's it's really it's a really great time to be in it and I think it's almost you don't exactly have to like or enjoy watching the sport it's 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 all the extra stuff that we can put into it that makes it more of an experience for the people coming to the games so i think that's really what i'm trying to do especially with the ranger cub club or the initiative like the teddy toss that kind of stuff just bringing it more of an experience overall and then you that added bonus of you get to watch a parkside basketball game at right. the same time i'm reminded of an interview that i did boy it's probably 20 years ago with uh, a guy named uh, robert mcdonough 
who used to be the marketing head for the Chicago Cubs. And I got to interview him because his daughter at the time was going to Carthage. And so he came up to uh, do a special event there and was brought over here uh, to our radio s- station to, to talk about his work with the Cubs. But So he's the guy who came up with Beanie Baby Day and, you know, everybody either brings a beanie baby or wins a beanie baby i forget it all these other uh, all these other things that uh are kind of marketing strategies and and as you said to enhance the the fan experience and my understanding is that he was one of the kind of pioneers of the expansion of all of this and uh and i'm just thinking back to uh when he was describing all of this it was just like i i, I can't believe that that all of this is also a, p- a part of it. I mean, I mean, it's complicated enough to have a major league ball team just in terms of what happens out on the diamond, let alone all of this other stuff that uh, uh, has become pretty much indispensable. And, uh, and, and uh, now you get to be part of that exciting mix. Yeah, and I, I think that's awesome about being at Parkside is there's so many different things and so many areas to grow. Um, so I, I didn't know that when I started here that this is something I'd be doing with the marketing and promotion. So it was awesome to be able to kind of grow into that position um, and kind of make it what I wanted it and be able to promote different things throughout um, all the athletic events. Wonderful. I think at the, at the professional sports level, as you describe it, it's so tunnel vision focused on revenue Mm. and your marketing and promotions are real. Yes. Game atmosphere. And can that give you a home field advantage and, there's probably some of that a little bit too. Um, but it's really, are you filling your seats? Are you selling your t-shirts? Are you, mm. you know, getting people there to buy concessions, all those things that are driving revenue to help them, you know, it's, that's a for-profit business. Right. Um, and, you know, going back to how that's scalable, what's interesting about our level is yes, that's part of it. We want to attract people to the games and we want to, um, if that helps us have a little bit more money in the budget to support what we're trying to do, that's all all great. But there's so much more to it in terms of, you know, how can athletics play a role in bringing people to our campus mm-hmm. and exposing them to adult learning opportunities, to um, what it would be like to be a student there, um, expose them to the opportunity for just fairly free or inexpensive entertainment for a family um, to be close to a college student athlete at a level that you don't get at a lot of other places. Um, And the other piece is recruiting, you know, so in higher education, of course, our revenue is enrollment and having students on campus. And I think, you know, being able to help attract students and then specifically for college athletics is, you know, Robin has really worked with our cross country coach to even enhance the atmosphere of a cross country meet. And we added DJ and the Cub Club event and some other things to that. Well, it, that doesn't mean our attendance has skyrocketed by the hundreds. It, that's not true. But when our coach had recruits on campus for a meet, they saw that. Mm. And they're more excited about the opportunity to come to UW Parkside. And that's why her work is so valuable beyond just the fan experience or the number of people that may come but how does her work help us recruit? How does her work help our student-athletes feel better about their experience? Um, some of those ways that aren't as quantifiable but are really, really important. Right. We're speaking with uh, Andrew Gavin, who is Director of Athletics at UW Parkside, and one of his graduate assistants, uh, Robin Elliott. By the way, uh, Andrew Gavin, uh, your duties as Director of Athletics, and I know that position can mean different things in different places, 
how much of your position has much to do with working directly with your coaches and the, the, the wins and the losses of, of various teams and the successes of various programs and what's going right, what's going wrong, and so on. I mean, much of what we've talked about hasn't had anything at all to do with that. Is that also a part of what you do or, or not so much? It certainly is um, part of it. I think my approach to that is probably um, how can I do my job and help our staff do our jobs in the best of our ability to support our coaches and our student athletes. I think a lot of people think of the director of athletics as, you know, the boss of coaches. You're getting ingrained in X's and O's and who they're recruiting. I get asked a lot, how's recruiting going? Um, and I understand where that question comes from, but other than having a pulse, checking in with coaches, making sure that, yeah, if we think we need, you know, eight student athletes coming in next fall to make sure our roster's in the right spot, you know, we want to be checking in to make sure that, yes, they're recruiting and how's that going? How can we support those efforts? But I am in no way telling any of our head coaches who is good enough athletically to compete at our level. That's their job. That's their expertise. That's why we have people on our staff that have different responsibilities. So um, one of the strengths I have is actually comes from a weakness. I've never coached. I was just going to ask. (laughs) I think that's a strength because I get out of their way. Hmm. And I don't think that's true of some of my peers in my job who spent 20 years coaching. And that's not to say that they're not great athletic directors and they have different strengths and weaknesses that I have. Um, but I think if you asked our coaches, am I a micromanager? The answer is probably a pretty extreme, absolutely not. Mm. Um, so it's just a matter of making sure we have a pulse on the program, making sure they're doing things the right way, um, that they feel supported, and in turn their student-athletes can feel supported. And I think if we're doing that um, as administrators, and that's not just something that I do. We have other administrators on our staff um, namely Chris Barker and Haley Treadway, um, that help with that, that are meeting with coaches on a regular basis about some of the logistical things like X's and O's and travel and schedule, but also just how you doing? How can we support you? You know, what's the pulse of the program? How are, how are things going? Yeah, great. Yeah, I was going to ask you specifically, like, as you're describing yourself as not a micromanager and uh, not telling the coaches what to do, I, is that even in basketball? I mean, you aren't tempted to tell the basketball coach what to do, but it sounds like coaching has just never been your thing and it remains not your thing. Yeah, I wouldn't say I occasionally don't have thoughts in my head where I question who's on the court or a play that we run. Um, but I scored eight career points in Division Three. Eight career points, not in a game, not in a half, not in a season, in my career, and I've never coached. So I know that, and I come out of it that way. Now, I should say, Robin may say I'm a micromanager because I've come from a background of marketing and promotions and other things um, that are more ingrained in her day-to-day. So there's probably some times where she'd like to tell me, just leave me alone. And I got this. Um, but as it relates to our coaches, we, you know, we, we hire them to be the CEO of their program, the expert of their program. And I think we, we try to support them and, and let them do that role. Very good. Okay. Robin Elliott, let's hear about those times when you want to tell Andrew Gavin, your boss to uh, leave you alone. <laughs> or is, or is that not ever the case? 
Um, I, I mean, there's always times when he comes in with new ideas, but it's really fun to kind of get behind the vision that he sees and be able mm. to produce the content and uh, kind of help along with that idea and everything. So um, I would say that he does come in with a lot of ideas, but it, it's always been fun to kind of watch it become something. A good diplomatic answer. I like that. Very good. Well said, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I understand that you helped organize a... Uh, teddy bear toss event at a at a recent parkside basketball game i am not acquainted with the concept although i know what a teddy bear is but uh, <laughs> uh describe what this event was and 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 also what its purpose was yeah um so i saw um the idea kind of on twitter so i was just kind of looking around for some fun things to do um during basketball uh, uh, during the basketball season and the coaches always like to do um, a game or an event where we can give back to the community. Um, and we hadn't had one yet this year. So um, just kind of looking and I saw a school do this. So I was like, this would be really cool if we could translate it to Parkside. Um, and at first we were kind of nervous because the, the school we had saw had like 10,000 bears donated. So we were like, that's huge, but probably a normal amount for for that school. So we we tried to think of how we could make it possible for us. So we went out and we got Parkside branded bears, little bears, and we went around um, around campus asking for pledges for $5 for a bear. Um, and the bears were going to Aurora Healthcare, our, one of our corporate partners, to go to the pediatrics department. Mm. So um, we went around asking people, kind of telling them our ideas and our plans for it, and then we got pledges for the bears and then um, just started to promote it on social media and um, to the community. And then the week of, we really tried to um, have the student-athletes, like, go out and get bears or tell their parents if they're coming to game, all that kind of stuff. So um, the event was February 1st, um, and we did it, the teddy bear toss at the halftime of the men's game. Um, so we encouraged all the fans to bring um, new or lightly loved teddy bears to throw onto the court. So at halftime, we had all the fans come down, and we gave out, um, if people had donated bears during the week, we kept those and then we just gave them to all the fans so then everyone could throw one even if they hadn't brought one um so it was really cool and we we all took we took some videos to put on social media and we ended up having over 200 bears donated um which was awesome we didn't really think that that would happen so we were really proud of how the community came together and how all of our fans brought bears to throw onto the court um and then we ended up donating them to aurora Healthcare in kenosha and they took all the bears to give to the children that need them there so fantastic yeah it was really awesome so what does 200 bears look like or do i have to look at the video to get a good yeah I, ca- I can show you a picture it was uh, there was a lot of bears and i think the coolest part was that all the fans sitting courtside um namely chancellor ford she they were helping pick up the bears afterwards so that was pretty uh. that was pretty cool just to see everyone kind of get up and help pick them up so that was really fun <laughs> that's right you had a second half of the game to play yep so. <laughs> yeah so we had to clean those up right away excellent that just sounds terrific so, Andrew Gavin, let's talk about this uh, award that you were recently given uh, from the Milwaukee Business Journal. Uh, f- uh, you were one of the 40 under 40 uh, awarded as a, an outstanding uh, young professional. Uh, first of all, tell us more about what you understand this award to represent. I mean, what, what, what does it take to receive this award? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't know. I had heard the concept of 40 under 40, and it's, um, as many listeners probably know, it's an award that's handed out really nationally uh, in different cities. 
Um, so I'd heard the concept, but I didn't really know that that was something that was happening in Milwaukee, and I it wasn't on my radar at all. Um, so I was really shocked when I learned about it. Um, I learned about it when I learned I received it. Mm. I didn't know I was nominated. I didn't know that <laughs> they were about to hand out winner, and none of that was on my radar. Wow. Um, so it was pretty shocking and humbling um, to even have – to even have heard that I was nominated um, was, was a pretty cool feeling. Um, so it's exciting. They do a, an incredible job with it um, just in terms of taking care of us as the class of the 2020 class of 40 under 40. There's been a, a cool photo shoot. There's been a kind of a pre-networking event with 40 under 40 alumni that I went to last week. Um, just consistent communication that's been fun and to make sure that we are aware of it. It's coming up on March 2nd. So the event is, is still to come. Um, in a Where you are weeks. actually awarded this. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting for me. Um, and I was very fortunate to receive the future five award last year from Y link and Kaba. And, um, it's really weird for me to receive an award because, as I've mentioned earlier, my career started in PR, and my job was to promote others and mm. to get other people on this side of a microphone. Right. This is what I did for a decade. Um, so it's still an uncomfortable feeling um, with for my name to be attached to it, but I think the, the thing that I try to remember and really focus on as it comes to these opportunities is for UW Parkside to be represented – in the 40 under 40 and specifically for Parkside athletics to be represented in the 40 under 40 is really important. And it's mm. really important that we take an the advantage of that. We take that opportunity to tell people what's happening on our campus, to talk about Parkside athletics. Um, and then for me to know, it's not about me. It just happens to be that my job title equates to the person most likely to be nominated for the award. And um, it's the work of all the great people on our staff, our, our coaches, Rob and others that, um, go into why that nomination was ended up selected. Um, my mom always used to say when I, I used to get pretty nervous in front of crowds or in front of cameras. And, um, she always used to say, it's not about you. And that's, mm. that's something that's stuck with me probably as much as anything my mother's ever said to me or anyone's ever said to me. Mm. Um, and that's kind of how I approach this award. And, um, because it's not, it's an opportunity for, for Parkside and Parkside Athletics and all the great work of our student athletes and our staff to be recognized. Um, and in this case, be recognized in Milwaukee. And for all of us in Kenosha and Racine, um, I think to be recognized in Milwaukee, which is a pretty large metro area, uh, is good for our community. Absolutely. So we're excited about that. Yeah, it's really nice when uh, the institutions of Milwaukee take notice of anything going on in Kenosha and Racine. And uh, we so often talk about it in reverse, that it's great to live here because you can go to Milwaukee, you can go to Chicago, and when there are all kinds of great things going on here. Of course, this, this award, uh, as much as anything, is a recognition of the great work that you have done and you and others in terms of building new corporate partnerships uh, on behalf of UW Parkside Athletics. Uh, so tell us the, the kind of growth that Parkside has experienced in this area and the significance that it, it, that it has for the program. Yeah, I think um, it's important for a lot of reasons. Um, 
to do this. I think one of our core values is commitment to community. And I think having good partners allows us to accomplish that value and be focused on that value. The teddy bear toss is an incredible example of that because we have an, a great relationship with advocate Aurora and all the great people there. Um, we're able to have a partner to help us with an initiative like Robin led a few weeks ago. Um, without having to get caught up in, do we have the funds to buy the bears and do we have somewhere to donate them? And um, it's just, it helps us to do the type of work that we think we should be doing. Uh, so that's a big part of it. Um, I think we try to make sure they're mutually beneficial. And when we go to a, a potential partner or our current partners, hopefully would say this, that it's not just us asking for their financial contribution to Parkside Athletics to help us. While that's important, we're trying to make sure that the relationship is mutually beneficial. Who are you trying to communicate to? What's the audience that we can help provide? Is it the visitors to our campus? Is it our students? Is it our graduates? Is it our faculty and staff? And how can we help to make sure that this relationship is mutually beneficial? Um, and certainly generating revenue from it is important. You know, we're a place that has a pretty small budget. We've got a gap that we've got to try to meet to make sure we have the money to pay for the buses and, you know, the things that you have to pay for in college athletics. Um, so that's certainly important. Um, and then it's just, um, you know, been fun. I think it's the big ones, the Haribo partnership, which we announced this past fall, is is the one that's probably – gotten the headlines more than others because of the scope of it, um, both in terms of dollars and multi-year and comprehensively how it is impacting the campus. Um, but those types of partnerships with our corporate community are going to allow us at Parkside Athletics to take it to another level. So Haribo's partnership is going to help us do a renovation in our gym. It's going to get rid of 40-year-old bleachers and mm. have a new reconstruction of nice, new, beautiful bleachers that will be safe and good for recruiting and help us generate more revenue and help us um, make sure that the seats are more comfortable when you come to a game, <laughs> just things like that. Um, you know, But having good partners like Haribo are part of that. And what's fun about that level of partnership is it's totally in alignment with the work of Chancellor Ford and the rest of our university leadership. It's not athletics on an island mm. going to Haribo and saying, can you help athletics? That, that partnership is university-wide. It's going to impact students for years to come. It's going to impact Haribo at an important time as they obviously construct their facility and start to think about hiring uh, hundreds of employees. You know, Parkside's a big an important part of that. Um, mm. So it's, it's really, really fun work, and it has been um, important to our growth, and I think it will be continue to be important to the growth of the university and good for our partners. Excellent. Great to see that, uh, that, that success. Before we uh, let you go, uh, Robin Elliott, uh, so you are nearing the end of your time as a graduate yep. assistant. <laughs> so so you, you get to uh, start dreaming about what the next chapter is going to be. W what are your highest aspirations? I mean, what would you most want to, uh, to do after Parkside? Um, I, I want to continue working in athletics, college athletics, um, doing marketing and promotions. Um, I hope to um, move to a position where I can grow how I did here. Um, I think there was a lot of areas that I could kind of get my feet wet in, and I, it was really exciting to be able to – um, have more responsibilities and take on some of those, like the teddy bear toss, take that on and kind of make that my own thing. So I kind of hope that in my next role that I can do more things like that. 
that I've done at Parkside. So. Very good. Well, we're glad that you are off to uh, such a good good start. Uh, Andrew Gavin, so who's doing especially well at Parkside right now in terms of your, your teams? Who's had the best season? Sure. Well, men's soccer really was our highlight of the fall. Oh, yeah, right. Um, we're in our second year in our new conference, the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, uh, the GLIAC, and um, they won both the GLIAC regular season and tournament championships. They were our first um, GLIAC champions. So we're really excited for them um, and their success in the fall. And then right now our women's basketball team is having a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of us, as marketer and director of <laughs> athletics here, would be remiss not to mention that we have home games finishing out our regular season mm-hmm. schedule um, tomorrow night, Thursday yep. evening, and then Saturday afternoon. Uh, so 5.30 and 7.30 tomorrow night and 1 and 3 on Saturday afternoon will be our last home basketball games of the year. And the women are in the hunt for a divisional title within our conference and um, chance to host a tournament game in the playoffs and then um, hopefully an NCAA tournament bid to come. So um, they've had a great year under a second-year head coach, Jen Conley, and um, it's been fun to watch them. Wow. Very, very good. And I suppose that you know, even though you don't work directly with the coaches in the way that I was asking about earlier, this is still this is a tremendous success for everybody involved. I mean – their successes are your successes, at least to some extent. Absolutely, absolutely. And as a new new head coaching hire, that was an important hire for us, and we were, I think, all ready to be supportive of of Coach Conley building the program and and our cheerleaders. I sit courtside and try not to yell at the referees and, and try to get excited <laughs> and uh, and cheer them on. So well, that'll be what we'll be doing tomorrow night, and we'll be recognizing our high achieving uh, student athletes as well academically. So 140 of our 250 roughly student athletes had a 3.25 or higher in the fall. Uh, So we'll be honoring them tomorrow night as well for academic achievement night. Fantastic. Well, there is a lot to be excited about and we're glad that both of you could uh, come and so effectively share the story of uh, UW Parkside Athletics. Uh, Andrew Gavin, Director of Athletics at the University of Wisconsin Parkside, and Robin Elliott, one of his very capable graduate assistants. I'm really glad that uh, both of you made time in your busy schedules to be part of the morning show today. It was really fun to talk to you, and uh, best wishes to both of you and all that stretches ahead. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having us.